Yes, it's more time to compute and more things to compute about. Good evening, everybody. I'm Bob Lawton. And I'm Jim Hyde. And I'm Toby Molina at the Point and Click Research Desk. And this is the bi-weekly computer show, the place where we bring you the latest computer and internet news and answer your questions. All right. Um, well, here we are, Jim, another edition of Point and Click Radio. Um, and, uh, boy, things have been, uh, well, we've had a little bit of shuffling around. One week, the Philo Studio was, no, the um, Ukiah Studio was being uh, remodeled. And so um, things got shuffled around. I can't remember what happened. We had our colleague, um, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kindly engineered from uh, from Philo, um, no, from Ukiah. I'm yeah. sorry, two weeks ago, two and weeks ago. Uh, and, uh, and and Toby and I piloted the mighty SS point and click um, on the show two weeks ago. Yes, but uh, we're here and, to talk about computer stuff, and we have a usual grab bag of news items to go through through uh, throughout tonight's hour. But we really want to get to the phones very early, so as soon as we complete this uh, next little segment. Um, we're going to open up the phones and give out the phone number and encourage our listeners to call in with computer questions, computer comments about the technology news of the day and the like. Um, but first is our tip of the week segment. And we're going to talk tonight, or more accurately, Toby is going to talk tonight about basically, I guess, if you could put an umbrella term around it all, um, apps that like, that let you monitor your world in one way or another. Um, Toby, at the point and click research desk, it's all yours. Good evening. So I wanted to start out with a couple of apps that help you track earthquake activity. <clears throat> There's one called Earthquake, appropriately named, and one called My Earthquake Alerts. The nice thing about My Earthquake Alerts is that it is cross-platform, iOS and Android, and it is free. Free, free, free. There's no pro version. There's no <clears throat> getting extra functionality once you pay something in-app purchases etc uh, you get live earthquake map which can detect and track earthquakes from all around the world you get uh, free earthquake uh, customized alerts with no restrictions nothing that you need to pay for in order to get better notifications uh, it has a pretty powerful search feature which is actually cool because it dates back to 1970 Ooh. so you can find information about earthquakes past Nice. Um, and it's very simple. It's a very simple design. You'll find it in the Google Play Store. You'll find it in the App Store. Uh, and free. Again, free. Free. And, and by the way, this and all the apps that we're going to talk about are, um, are apps that will run on your, on, on your rectangle, your, your iPhone, your iPad tablet, or your Android phone or tablet. Correct. Right. Not all are cross-platform, but this one, my earthquake alerts is my earthquake alerts now, there's another oh, go ahead toby yeah um you said it's free but that means um you don't even have to pay the 99 cents to get them to shut off the annoying ads <laughs> no there's no there's no here pay us and we'll, we'll either give you more functionality or we will torment you less i haven't used it too extensively i have it but i haven't used it a lot i've used an app that's ios only uh, called Earthquake, uh, and yeah. it gets you the latest data from the USGS and NOAA and a, and a, num a large number of organizations around the world, and you receive push notifications. Uh, it has um, 
map with different sized and colored circles to represent magnitudes. Uh-huh. Um, and you can filter by country, continent, or magnitude, and also get tsunami alerts, etc. Uh, there is a free version and a pro version. Um, I used the free version for a long time. I found it perfectly fine. Didn't mm-hmm. feel the need to pay the extra dollar ninety nine or whatever it is. But that one's called Earthquake. Earthquake, and that's for Apple rectangles only. Yeah, rectangles or watch or watch. Oh works, yeah, I good. believe it works on the watch. Um, so those are two good Earthquake apps. Uh, Earth, again, my Earthquake alerts, iOS and Android, free. Nice. Um, another uh, area of concern is the quality of the air. Yeah. There's an app called AirCare, and that's also iOS and Android. It has a free and pro version, and uh, it's really clear, understandable, real-time information about air pollution around you. Mm-hmm. It gives you things like the air quality index, and then as well as like raw pollutants, like um, uh, PM10, PM2.5, etc., and it gives you uh, four types of pollen. Nice. Um, and, and really nice visualization data. And uh, there's also, I think, a little mascot <laughs> called Breezy. Breezy. <laughs> it was meant to uh, uh, teach children about the benefits of clean air. Nice. So that's Air Care. Um, it's an air quality app. It's free with a pro version. And the pro version gets you home screen widgets and no ads in the app. Uh, push notifications when pollution rises uh, um, on your favorite stations, you know, on locations that you've that you're decided to monitor. Right. So that, that's a that's an important thing. You're not just monitoring kind of the air quality right around you, but you, you know, can choose, you can other, choose places. other places around the country or around the world. All the places that have monitoring stations. Well, especially if you're planning a trip to a place and you really want to know what kind of uh, right. masks and air purifiers and things you should bring <laughs> along with you, you know? Of course, sure. in the free version, you can go in and change the location you're looking up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But the nice thing about the pro version is that I think you can put in any number of locations and switch among them pretty easily. And what's that one called again? Air Care. Air Care. Um, I've actually been using that one for quite some time. It's and it's nice. It has a really nice interface. There's also a an app called Breathable, and that is iOS, iPad, and Mac OS only. Also, the Watch, which is Watch OS, iOS. What's the watch, name? Of it's, it? watch OS. it's Watch OS. Watch OS. Watch OS. Yeah, it's it's also Watch OS. Um, it's just straight up a dollar ninety nine, um, and it gathers data from IQ Air and uh, AirNow.gov. And um, it definitely focuses attention on climate change. That's the mm. that's sort of the mission of the app. It's um, interesting. And it, they definitely have a mission. And a portion of proceeds from that dollar ninety nine are donated to one of several climate change foundations, including Clean Air Task Force, Climate Change Emergency Fund, and the Union of Concerned Scientists. Oh, that's very cool. So yes, it's a buck ninety nine, but also it's going somewhere. Good. Yeah. And and one of the things about Breathable that that uh, I noticed was that um, it has a really um, well designed and programmed uh, screen widget, so you don't have to actually open the app. It'll just you know with iOS devices uh, and even the watch because they they don't have widgets, but they have what's called complications, the little tiny mini dials that you can set in the main dial that you know tell yeah. tell you what your timer is or what your heart rate is or 
um, you know, what the outside temperature is or anything like that. Um, Breathable has uh, a really uh, configurable widget so that you can just, you know, when you pull your phone out of your pocket and hold it up and the screen comes on, it can show that without actually having to unlock the phone or, um, you know, go diving down into an app in particular. So I think that makes it really good if you're monitoring the air quality. I have to monitor the air quality because um, when there's wildfires, even in other areas, the air quality can get really bad and not oh, yeah, necessarily be apparent. You can be out there breathing, you know, poison and not even realize it until the next morning when you go, what bulldozer ran over my chest, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. So these two apps are AirCare and Breathable. Breathable being iOS, macOS only, and AirCare being iOS and Android. Cool. Another, uh, and what I'm finding is that there are the interfaces for a lot of these apps are getting a lot friendlier, a lot more cartoony, a lot more soft, a lot more organic, bright colors. And this app called Carrot Weather Carrot is a perfect example. Very friendly, cartoonish interface. You can customize the app's personality from friendly to snide. <laughs> oh, snide, yeah. <laughs> um, their data sources are AccuWeather, Dark Sky, and Climacell. So those are apps that you may already have, but what Carrot is doing is, is it's data gathering and presenting information to you in a very friendly way that you can customize. I love um, the I love the idea of a snide weather app. What's the matter? You forget your umbrella. It's, <laughs> it is something along those lines. It's, it's like really the, actually uh, funny. It's like a holographic doctor from Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> a weather weather person with a bed bedside banner. I just opened the app, and it says in my location, the sun god is trying to hide behind those clouds because he owes me money. <laughs> is a that the snide setting? Uh, no, I, I did somewhere in the middle because uh, I don't want it to be mean to me. Moderately snide. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want your weather app to be mean. The weather can be mean enough. Hum humorous is okay. We could all use a little humor yeah, out of our, our, our soulless devices. <laughs> exactly. And then you can also do things like unlock achievements by experiencing weather events, uh, traveling, <laughs> using different app features. So it's very friendly. It, it, it encourages you to use the app. And, of and, and like so many... Uh, it's free with a pro version. Uh, the pre the premium version lets you switch between data sources. You can customize the app a little bit more. There are weather maps and notifications. You know, so just a little bit of extra functionality. But the free version is perfectly fine. I didn't feel any need to pay extra. Carrot, carrot weather. And the thing about carrot is that weather is just the newest in their uh, little family of apps. They have uh, carrot to do carrot alarm carrot fit and a carrot nutrition app mm. yeah so they have a nice little um and they all can bundle. be friendly or snide they're all correct they uh, all have the same uh, well they're they're game, they're gamified that's that's the that's kind of an industry buzzword term where something that is not typically considered a game or recreational or fun um, is is uh, on top of that is layered features like being able to unlock different levels if you survive a tornado, I guess, or whatever oh, it might be. A hailstorm, whatever. That's great. That's called gamification. So they're, they're yeah. gamifying the world. So this is <laughs> carrot, wrong with that. carrot weather, carrot as in the orange veggie. Yes, <laughs> the root vegetable. I mean, you know, there's Correct. a certain kind of humor just in naming the product Carrot Weather, but I want to know what they named their 
nutrition program, Carrot Carrot. Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Or eggplant carrot or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> and I have one more uh, app that I have enjoyed over time, which is called Remember the Milk. And that is just a to-do app. Oh, yeah. Cute. And it, um, one of the thing that I like so much about it, uh, it, again, it is Android and iOS compatible. And uh, it will remind you in a in myriad ways of a to-do. In other words, email, text, IM, Twitter, mobile app. Wow. Uh, there's a free version and a pro version. The pro version gives you the ability to have subtasks ah, uh, on your ah. to-dos. Um, but I've never, again, I haven't found, I just make more tasks. <laughs> there, <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but it really is a great little app. Free. Uh, again, remember the milk. Remember the milk. And uh, it's uh, iOS and Android compatible. Very cool. Very cool. I love, the, I love the name of that one, too. Remember the milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was, that's clever. Uh, this is Point and Click Radio, by the way, the bi-weekly computer show with yours truly, Jim Hyde, Bob Lawton, and Toby Molina at the Point and Click Research Desk. We are in the midst of our Tip of the Week segment, where Toby is outlining some useful uh, kind of world monitoring apps, which many of which deal with safety and health, like earthquake monitoring and air quality monitoring, all things that um, uh, that we have to kind of keep tabs on these days. And um, there's another kind of category of, of app that um, I've played with a little bit, and that is um, police and fire scanner apps. Wow. Um, there are, you know, of course, you can get an actual police or fire scanner that sits on your desk and has the little, the little lights that go from left to right as it's scanning different frequencies. But there are also apps for Android and iOS that um, allow you to tune into the streams of police and fire feeds, and not only the local ones, but ones all over the country. And um, there is one that I've been playing with a little bit. It's called um, Police Scanner, and obviously. And um, as with so many things, no, I'm sorry, it's called Scanner Radio, Scanner Radio. <clears throat> and it's an iOS app. And as with so many of these apps, it has a free version or a, a fee version. Um, in the case of this one, uh, the fee version is a is a monthly subscription of two dollars and ninety nine cents. I think you can also subscribe for six months or a year, and you get a price break on that. Um, and the the free version gives you um, again no ads, as is often the case. Um, it gives you kind of priority access to streams. Sometimes uh, certain streams will be limited to a certain maximum number of listeners. Um, so if there's a big uh, fire event or something like that, and um, all of the streams are filling up. The pro version kind of gets you at the front of the line. It, it, is, it ensures that you're going to get uh, uh, you're going to going to get access to listen to the stream before people who are using the free version are. Um, if you go to the Google Play Store, if you have an Android device, or if you go to the Apple App Store, if you have an Apple device, and search for Scanner. Uh, or a police scanner, you'll get uh, lists for a lot of different uh, apps that you can that you can try out and experiment with. As you install them, uh, a word of caution: be careful and read the initial screens carefully because when I installed um, Scanner Radio, it gave me the little you know, hey, this is a three-day trial. Uh, it's two ninety-nine a month after that, and if you say, hey, start my trial. 
you're automatically billed after that three days. Through the app store? Through the app, yeah, through the Apple Apple Store in this case. And if you look real closely, you'll see there's a little X in the upper left corner that you can just make that message go away, in which case you're using the free version. So there's a little bit of a, you know, uh, not bait and switch, but a little bit of a sneaky yeah, way to gotcha get wear. Gotcha. Oh, that's good. Gotcha wear. <laughs> gotcha wear. They're, they're kind of trying to really herd wear. They're trying to herd you into the uh, yes. subscription or the feeb version, where if you look carefully, there's usually a way to not have to do the free and, and do the or do the paid version and use the free one. But um, that's another category of software that you might want to explore, um, particularly uh, goes, it pairs up very nicely with the air quality apps as we uh, as we live through this extraordinary drought and um, risk of, of wildfire. Jim, the um, scanner radio covers police and fire uh, yes. bands? Yeah, and, and EMS. Um, I okay. noticed I did a search. There's a search bar where you can do, you can have it identify things that are just near you geographically if you open the, lo if you um, allow it to access your location services. Or you can just deny that and go up to the little search bar that it has at the top and type in, for example, Medicino, and it'll list the, uh, you know, the, the, the available streams. Do you have any idea technically how it works to, um, to get the um, police and fire broadcasts? There is, a, um, there is a big website called, I think it's called Broadcast, I'm actually looking it up. Yeah, it's called Broadcastify. In other words, the, the word broadcast with I-F-Y okay. at the end of it. Broadcastify. And you can actually access it through a uh, through on your de desktop or laptop computer as well. If you go to broadcastify.com, um, they are somehow aggregating all of these different streams. They're claiming seven, over 7,000 live audio streams available for free. Wow. And um, oh, and then there's a connect option on their website where it says, I see it says connect your agency or department to the public. So it's a whole kind of big hub and portal for combining, aggregating, and streaming out these different uh, um, audio streams for fire, police, EMS, aircraft, and rail traffic. So if you're into that kind of uh, it's either geeky or it's public, important public safety or it's both kind of stuff. Um, check out broadcastify.com. Um, I think a lot of those apps tap into, into them. Oh, okay. That's pretty good that they have a, uh, like a portal for, uh, for those types of services. It probably is very helpful to the agencies themselves to have it uh, networked rather than just only through... Um, through signal receiving radio systems, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's it's a. I, I guess it's something that, if you are a, um, uh, a public service announcement, an agent, or an uh, uh, agency. I mean, you can connect with them and make your feeds available to them in some fashion. It's interesting. Sounds good. Um, upcoming news from Apple, which I ha don't know much details about now, but apparently the newest versions of the software uh, that was announced at WWDC back last month, early in June, Worldwide Developers Conference, apparently they're completely um, 
re-chroming the Safari interface. Have you been keeping up on that at all? Uh, yeah, I have. And before we before we get to that, I just want to thank Toby and the uh, research the point yes. research desk for another informative and enlightening segment on uh, on on safety apps. Um, we will see you next time. Thank Toby, you, Toby. Thank you, as always, you're very welcome. Have a lovely evening, gentlemen. All right. Yeah, there. Yeah. I've I've been reading. Um, there was apparently. The, the next operating uh, system for the Mac, Monterey, which is going to be, is in public beta now, or developer beta, right. and will be out at the end of the year for the rest of us, toward, uh, fall probably. Um, and the new iOS, Apple has apparently like tried to reimagine the look of the browser, and a lot of people apparently are not liking it. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where they... they um flip over the dinner table basically you know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and where you know where's my plate where's my fork where's my spoon well i knew where it was the last time i was here you know um right. but um apparently there's been some other research and i heard that google chrome might have actually done some of the uh tricks like instead of having a um address bar that shows what site you're on that disappears on on tablets and phones to give you more screen space and by the way that's that's kind of the underlying impetus for all these changes is that really on on the smaller devices like tablets and uh, smartphones that have web browsers you want to see the most of what's possible to have on the page especially like if you're trying to read text at arm's length or something you know you don't want teeny teeny tiny text surrounded by ads and bars and tabs right. and arrows and, th and bells and whistles and stuff like that you just want to have a maxed out full screen and and a lot of browsers uh, or web uh, phone versions of browsers when you start to scroll down the page all the so-called chrome the the you know the uh, giga gigas and jim jabs that are up at the top of the screen will all disappear yeah. until you reverse scroll and then they just suddenly reappear by magic you know so it's they, hey. they they do a lot of work to keep that visible area maximized which i really appreciate and um, they're doing even more. One of the things I think is that the address bar is going to float kind of semi-transparently down at the bottom of the screen instead of being at the top of the screen. So the place so. where you you type your www's and where you go and type your stuff that you're searching for and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And it makes some sense in a way because um, if you're typing in on the phone, the closer it is to the bottom, the closer it is to where you're typing. And so you have more control over it. Yeah, sure. So sure. we'll have to see. I'm I'm actually exciting they're putting a little of their uh, resources into research and development on the user interfaces. Yeah, yeah. And the beauty, as we always say, is that there are so many different browsers that you can choose from. We recommend that you have a few of them. Um, uh, in fact, I have more and more colleagues who so much of what I do in my work, uh, in, my, in my day job, involves using... Um, the Google apps, like the Google Docs and spreadsheets and that sort of thing, and and um, and other online browser-based tools, and um, a lot of my colleagues use the Chrome browser for all their work stuff, and they use a different browser for all their personal stuff, um, and that's kind of a nice strategy too because it it just creates this separation between work and play or church and state or however you want to phrase yes, it. Yes, exactly. Where there's no, you know, privacy bleed through, you know, between what you do uh, in your work and what you do um, 
on your own time. Well, it minimizes the annoyance of things like when you go type, start to type in an address, and uh, it uh, what do you predictive? It does the predictive. Uh, type, oh, right. the typing audio, based audio on complete thing yeah yeah and if you're doing your work thing and it keeps trying to suggest sites that you go to for personal things you know that ju- that just makes things less efficient so yeah it kind of insulates the the work environment and and saves it for just for work related purposes so i can see the efficiencies in doing that plus uh you know if you use a web browser to go to your bank and uh you know credit agencies and stuff like that it's nice to have one that's saved j- mostly just for that so you're not leaking right. leaking your financial private financial information into your you know facebook chats or something like that you know <laughs> keep keep those separated by different browser types i'm really fond of the brave browser now and i'm especially like their um search.brave.com which is now um my favorite alternative to DuckDuckGo. oh nice and, oh that's cool and they they're developing that really nicely DuckDuckGo hangs in there they do have very selective very inoffensive targeted ad results at the top of your searches but only two they don't you know they don't spam your uh search results and they seem to be keeping true to their um their mission statement but they are managing to survive by having uh relevant targeted ads in the search results not gra- not graphical ads not the annoying yeah chum type stuff <laughs> exactly right. well put Good stuff. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of privacy, um, the new interesting development that just uh, just broke today, um, and that is that um, for, for you Android folks, there is a new safety section and new privacy uh, regulations for developers coming to the Google Play Store. Um, this is a case of Google kind of thinking similar, um, where Apple has uh, a while ago... Um, really uh, cranked up the privacy notifications and requirements for developers of apps to be um, indicating what kind of data that they're collecting from you and have giving you the option option to opt out of data collection when you first start up an app and that sort of thing. Uh, Android has been uh, behind in that game. Uh, they're playing catch up at this point. Uh, there is a new safety section coming to google it won't be publicly rolled out until next april april of next year um they are starting to allow developers to submit all of their policies and information uh starting uh this coming october so this is uh they're they're taking privacy seriously but not so seriously that it's going to be available until uh early next year uh but it's good it's good to see yeah that'll give them plenty of time for mischief (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. To finish, Google will give Google plenty of time to finish all the tracking that they've been doing. <laughs> yes, yes, and then 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 they'll go back to not being evil. I know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Anyway, it's almost seven thirty here on KZYX Public Radio in Mendocino County. I'm Bob Lawton with Jim Hyde, my radio partner for twenty five years now, doing the wow, yeah. biweekly computer show. And Jim, believe it or not. I think we have a call coming in. All right. 895-2448 is the phone number. We're open for calls and conversations. And out here in the boondocks, we like to talk about uh, how to connect to the Internet. So um, any of you who are uh, questioning about what uh, 
methods you might want to use to uh, increase your broadband rates and so forth. I'm afraid that caller went away. Maybe it was the wrong number. I don't know. And that's actually a good point. You know, two weeks ago, we had, as our guest, we had uh, Sta- Sage Statum from the, the manager at uh, Mendocino Community Network on for our second half hour to talk all about the history of MCN and what kind of services they're providing now. They're introducing a new high-speed wireless uh, service in the Fort Bragg metropolitan area, uh, which which is really competitively priced and is a really good potential solution for people in Fort Bragg who are able to have a line of sight to Bald Hill where their transmitting equipment is going to be located or is located. That's great. Uh, yeah, and it was a good call. It's it's. Uh, I think it's, it would still be available on the jukebox, wouldn't it, Bob? I'm sure it is because I think public affairs stay on for like five to eight weeks or something like that. So yeah. jukebox.kzyx.org, go look for the show that was on July 14th. <laughs> Let's go to Very the phones. <laughs> Hi, you're on the air. Hello, caller. Uh, hello? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, I was just turning off my radio. It rang a long time, so I didn't know if you guys were picking up or not yet. Oh. Okay, so thanks so much for being there. And I have a question. I know it's a stupid question. I know. And um, so I finally got my Chromebook and got it connected to the Jetpack. Even though there's only like two bars, it seems to work. So that's oh, great. Oh, oh, good. You called a month so or so ago, didn't you, with the... yeah. Yeah. Remind us, yeah. What, what was the Jetpack? It's the Verizon hotspot. Ah, yeah. It's one of those little cell Wi-Fi uh, spots, hotspots. It's, yeah. it's like a puck, right, that sits there and... and it sits there, yeah, and you pay, like, you know, monthly. Actually, I prepay 70 bucks a month for 30 gigabytes or whatever, which probably isn't very good, but whatever. But um, my question is, so I got the Chromebook. I do the thing to give it a password, right? Mm-hmm. Simple, fairly simple things. But then I go to set up email because I've never had email before on the Google thing in it. Yeah, Google okay. Mail. And um, I was told that should be more, way more complicated. The you know the number, whatever you use, the code. So I do that, and then okay. the Chromebook keeps making it the same as made that into what you use to get into the computer. Well, okay, so now we're talking about two different passwords for two different functions. One, one well, is, I was trying for two, yeah. but they keep taking the email that I set up and using that for um, how to get into the computer, the Chromebook itself. You mean it converts the password that, that you set yes. up on the Chromebook to the one you're using for the email? You know, I used it for the email, and it converts it to be the, for the Chromebook to get into it. I had a simple one for the Chromebook, and when I went back to try to use that, it wouldn't let me, but it only lets me use the whatever I have set for email. Is that typical with a Chromebook? If well, you're using Google it's, typical, it's typical of some operating systems that they want what's called a single sign-on. A single sign-on means that um, it, it means that you... Um, just use one password for all functions on that computer. And isn't that kind of dangerous then to have your email, if you're using Gmail, to have that be the same um, code that you use to get into just the Chromebook? 
Not necessarily. If you can have a secure password and it'll accept it for both functions, it's 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 pretty uh, it's pretty standard to have a single sign-on, especially for a desktop or a laptop computer. You know. Oh. Now, um, because the Chromebook and the Chromebook operating system are Google products. Right, and the the Gmail is a Google product, so they may they may just want you to have it all uh, be uniform. Now, and I think they would be. I think I mean, if you have a Google account, yeah, I think that is automatically your password for your Google account is also the same as your Gmail password. Oh, so, well, I didn't know that. You see, because I was setting up the Gmail and the Google thing at the same time, because I never, you know, yeah. I think, that I was think the Google thing, and it just made everything the same. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think that's by design. I think that, that is exactly what, because you know, the thing about a Chromebook is that it's so intimately tied to the whole Google world. Um, your, you know, your Google account uh, is also your Google email password, and it's also the, how you also get into the, like the word processor, Google Docs and Google Sheets, the spreadsheet, and all the other apps. Um, so... I think you can you can add a, you can add other accounts to your Chromebook if you had you know someone else living in your household and you wanted to them to have their own access to their own Gmail and all of that. But um, I think the fact that it was uh, that it's using the same password for both, um, I think is 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 as designed. I don't think that's a problem. I think Jim's right. Um, the um well, I just didn't know if it was dangerous or not. I mean, no, no, design, no, but I just didn't know if it was going to then end up with an unsecured no email. What? Pick no, a good, no, no, pick no, a what, good, what? complicated, secure password. And um, I remember now for sure, your Gmail password is always the same password as your main Google account. For example, yeah. uh, if you log in as a Google user to YouTube or to Google Maps, you use your Google account with your Google password, and that's always going to be the same password as your Gmail password. Right. Uh, and that isn't, okay, so I guess I just don't get it, because I mean, I get that, but I'm not doing any of those things. I'm just, you know, using this to browse, and my husband uses it as a guest when he connects right. okay. to the library to order things now. There but you I was go. just oh. worried that if I ever have to do anything, um, you know, people eventually will want to send me things email financial things back and forth that then it wasn't really secure but no i think you're good you're as secure as you can okay. be okay just yep. make sure your password okay. is a good complicated hard to decipher oh, yeah i can't remember it yeah okay, but <laughs> I, I that's the, that's that's the, the problem i wanted an easy one to get into the computer and a hard one for the for the, for the gmail that's, that's okay so if i set up some other mail service then I could. It would be separate, right? It would be separate completely. Yep. And you could use whatever password you wanted for that service. And who do you guys like for what would be safe for just for you know another email thing? Um, there's what Hotmail, service? Microsoft Hotmail. Um, Hotmail is one from Microsoft as a free um, email service. Does Microsoft? Oh, Hotmail okay. is Microsoft's. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, and my other question is security-wise. Am I good with is a Chromebook? Is there something else? I mean, we can't really find. We got Chromebook for dummies, which you said to get, but it's really weird. Okay. And um, <laughs> even with the masters, it's hard. And um, so, is there anything else security-wise I should know about the Chromebook? I mean, 
No, but what I was going to say... Installing or doing or something? I was going to suggest... Anti-mail? I was going to suggest that since you get your internet connection from, from Verizon, Verizon may have an email address for you, too. You may be able to get a Verizon That's a email. Point. That's a good point. A free email that comes with your Verizon internet account. Okay, I'll see. Boy, are they difficult to access these days, though, dealing with Verizon? Well, yeah. Your, your best you know, bet is to go to the website and poke around. Yeah, you know, sign, on, sign on to your account through your uh, through you know through your Chromebook, and you know you no, mentioned never done you mentioned that. you mentioned like uh, malware and, and virus protection stuff. Yeah, um, the Chromebooks are pretty secure. You know there are um, okay. like every piece of hardware there are updates that it that it may come up and say there's an update of something um you know do you want to install it always read those messages very carefully to make sure they're actually coming from google but um the chromebooks are not particularly prone to the kind of malware that you see like in the in the windows world or even on macs yeah we got another call okay. thanks for calling okay thank yeah, you so luck. much guys keep, right, keep it up bye-bye on your on your adventures yeah yeah, that's. I'm pretty sure Verizon um, has uh, free email with their internet service. If that's who you're paying for your internet connectivity, let's go back to the phones, Jim. Uh, not that. Not that line. <laughs> Sorry. Call in again, caller. Uh, let's see. We have somebody on line one. Higher on the air. Point and click. Oh, great. Um, good. I wanted to ask a question. I have uh, several Apple devices, two computers, uh, a tablet, and a phone. I'm trying to collect to connect them all through iCloud, and I'm having some trouble with it. Um, for instance, two two different things. One thing is when I take pictures with my cell phone, and uh, I think it, it uploads them to iCloud. When they come back down to the computer, instead of getting the whole picture, I get a triangle with a question uh, exclamation mark point in it uh-huh. do you have any idea what's happening there any ideas jim <laughs> not off the top of my head i have one idea make sure every one of your devices is updated to the latest version of its own particular operating system one of the well, things uh, one, as far as they can go right well as far as they can go and as, uh, the thing about the photos of the with the weird triangle Apple changed the format of their uh, camera in one of the most recent systems. And if you have a a newer iPhone with a newer version of the iOS, um, it doesn't necessarily store it in a file format, um, a picture file format that's compatible with an older uh, desktop. Oh. And I These are all within five years of each other. That's that's, that's still the time frame I'm talking about. This is more uh-huh. recent. I you know when that happened, and I can kind of uh, maybe a year or two. Can you remember the name of the format, Jim? I know JPEG. It used to be JPEG, but H E I C H E I C something like something like dot H E I C is. You know, I've been I've been looking too, just doing some quick web searches, and it's it. One thing is to kind of to make, to make sure that you are signed into the same iCloud account on all your devices. Um, and in one of your, if you, on, on the device where the photos are appearing, check your iCloud storage space. It's also possible that you may have, you, be, you may be out of storage space on your iCloud drive. Um, uh, well, I did up it. 
So right. I've got, uh, no, considerably more than I have material. So are you paying nine ninety nine a month? No, the two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Okay, I think that. What is that? A um, hundred. hundred gigabytes. Two hundred well, see, that might, I'm not sure. that might not be enough for a lot of photos. But if you take out your phone and go into the um, iCloud uh, and look at your iCloud storage, uh, it should show you what you have available on that. On that. I think that's the $0.99 cent a month uh, um, plan for ex yeah. extra storage. It's 299 and I think it's 2 uh I thought it was 200 gigabytes, but I'm not sure. I think that's about right. Yeah, that you can okay. you can eat that up pretty fast with photos if you're doing a lot of photography. Yes, well, it shows half of that is full. Oh, oh, okay. Hmm. Then uh, so, Jim, Jim's so, idea of making sure you're signed in is is one place to start. Well, there comes the second problem. Uh, I set this up five years ago, and I uh, at the time did not. Click the little button on one of them for notes. Now I want to add notes, and they want my iCloud um, password. And I don't remember what it is. I don't even remember having ever set one up. But That's um, a problem. Is there any way to find it? Uh, you, you, you can go and reset it. You just have to reset it, yeah. You have to reset everything. Yeah. So all four devices Correct. have to reset. Well, and that that might that might solve your problem, or get less at least get you partway toward solving your problem. Because if you're not, if that device is not signed in, then the photos aren't going to well, sync. Yeah, it is signed in. It gets uh, it gets the calendar and the contacts just fine. I see. So it is signed in. You just don't remember what the password is that you used to get in. Um, no, I well, I can. Yes, I guess that's it. Uh, it won't let me add notes. Right, because it's going to require you to re-enter the password. That's a standard security feature. But if you don't know the password, then yeah, you That's basically right. you need to reset the password, and then you'll need to log in, re-log in on each of those devices. And even just that act might succeed in like clearing its head. No, yeah, it might. Okay, I see what you mean. You, All right, I'll see, give that a try. Are you, are you a quick question? Are you seeing a? You're not seeing the photo at all, but just the exclamation point, or are you seeing the right. exclamation point on top of the photo? Uh, just the exclamation point. So you're not seeing the photo uh, on, on that machine, but on the original cell phone, I see the whole photo. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe resetting the password and just logging out and logging in again might help. Okay, I'll give it a go. I got one more quick question, caller. Do you know if you've set up two-factor authentication on your devices? Uh, I do have that, yes. Okay, because that's one of the things that can be a barrier on some of the newer devices. At, at a certain point, Apple stopped uh, enabling certain services without the two-factor authentication. For anybody else that doesn't know what that is, two-factor authentication or... 2FA, um, it sends a text message or uh, a notification to a second device with a, a six-digit code, numerical code on it that you type in on the device you're trying to log into. And that way, if you lose your device or it's stolen or something, nobody can log into it um, without that second factor. And the only way you can have it is to have the other device 
available to to bring up that code. And if you don't have that set up on your Apple devices, it can uh, limit some of the uh, features you have available. Yeah. Hmm. That's funny. I was just wondering if I could get rid of it. But I, you can't once you've set it up. You can turn it off, but I don't recommend it. I mean, it's two-factor authentication is the best single protection you have for uh, to, to prevent somebody potentially signing in to uh, to your account if they got a hold of your password. Yeah, I guess it's okay. I don't like it because I don't always have a second device with me, but yeah, I can put up with that. It's a pain, but it's for your protection, so it's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like so many things. Well, exactly. Okay, Just well, like thanks so very much for the info. Hey, thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Good luck. Okay. If Bye-bye. You, if you solve your problem or get any closer to it, give us a call back because we always want to hear follow-ups to things like this. Yeah, and that Apple, uh, I was having a lot of problems, and I was very hesitant about setting up the two-factor authentication. I really put it off as long as I possibly could. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I just didn't want to mess around. And, oh, I know the other thing is that you can uh, can get really surprised uh, with your Apple devices if you happen to do a little bit of a misstep on a tablet or a phone. You can wipe out all of your apple assets like photos messages um you know calendars contacts by having it sync to an empty device you know yeah right and that's what i was really worried about because i've heard horror stories of peeping people losing all of their photos on you know have all their photos stored on icloud so they bring some other device into the picture they set it up to sync everything and whoops Oh, you didn't really want to sync your empty new iPhone with your 10 years of photos that you had stored. So yeah. I, I put it off as long as I possibly could, but I um, I made sure I had good backups of everything before I went ahead. And yeah. I made sure I had a device that had all the assets I wanted downloaded to it. And I, I, I air-gapped that, took a completely, you know, shut it down cold so that it wouldn't accidentally get wiped along with everything else. That's how to do it. That's yeah. how to do it. Yeah, and yeah. you kind of almost like have to really, you don't want to do anything like that while you're trying to multitask. You know? Yeah, at a stop you sign. Kind of have to <laughs> talk yourself through each step, and, you know, because, yeah, bad things can happen. <laughs> it's really true. They're just, they're just electrons, and if you mishandle them, you can, you can be sorry. We got another call, Jim. Let's go back to the phones. Okay. Hey. I heard, no, hi. I, I heard myself. That was my uh, seven-second delay coming through. Yeah, but I got the, the speaker down now. Hi, this is Jamie. Hi, Bob. Jamie. Hi, Jim. Yeah, you got me all right? Are you hearing me okay? I hear you Just great. Clear. Yes, all across okay. Mendocino County. Cool. So I, I finally got through. It's really tricky for me to get to ask you a question during, during the show because I'm always in the studio here trying to pull things together. But anyway... So um, I got a few questions for you. Um, unfortunately, they're on my phone, so I'm going to try to go to my page so I can read the questions. And uh, <laughs> if I lose you, I'll call. Try to call back. So hold on. All right. Good enough. So are you are you still hearing me now? Perfectly. You're still still on? Okay. So so I've got an iPad Air two. It's a, it's a venerable old machine, and I'm now running iOS 12.3, I've been really reluctant about updating, and I know that's a mistake, but, you know, it's just such a pain. 
there's you know so many things I depend on that are going to change and blah blah blah. So anyway, so I'm going to get a new one. The battery's running down and all that. So my question is, I, I've got it backed up to my iTunes um, app application on my on my computer. I have yeah. the contents of my yeah. So. And I keep uh, I, I have that iTunes with the phone backup in it, a uh, backup to another external drive. I'm not using iCloud. I just for very for reasons you just talked about. I you know I don't like to do that. So anyway, so when I go first, I, I imagine I have to update my old iPad to the latest uh, operating system so that when I uh, restore it to the new iPad, it's not going to be a big mess. Is that? I don't think necessarily. I mean, the rest, the restore process is probably, Bob, correct me if I'm wrong, it's going to more focus on restoring the data rather than the OS. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that the case? Well, yeah. And in fact, uh, in a situation like Jamie has, I've done it with phones. I've never tried it with iPads, but I think you might be able to sit the, two iPads next to each other and just say, you know. Yeah, well, there is there is that, but I'm just concerned that, you know, it's going to be the new iPad is going to have the new, the latest, greatest iOS, and I'm going to be several generations behind. Um, I'm just, that's my question is whether you think that might be a problem. You're saying may, probably not, but... Um, no, I if it, it it one one of the things it will tell you is that when you get the new one, it'll tell you if you need to update the operating system on the older one to make it compatible. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll tell you. And okay. and if you have if you have a complete backup, it should be safe to go ahead and update the old one to make it more compatible with the new one. And I would try to do that side by side. Um, you know, uh, uh, wireless transfer of the data to see if that works. Right. Well, you know, I'm at the bottom of the list for what, you know, what I, you know, like iPad, iOS 14 will work on iPad Air 2, but it's the, the bottom of the list. You know, like the next, the next um, update, the 15 isn't going to work on iPad Air 2. Right. So anyway, but so... What I'm thinking, maybe, you know, I, I checked it out. I can get $145 for my, um, you know, trade-in on my old iPad. But now I'm thinking maybe I should just hang on to it and leave it be, <laughs> you know what I mean, in case, yeah. well, you know, something doesn't work. You know, so 145 bucks, yeah, maybe not. Okay, so I have one other question real quick. Yes, sir. So I've got, I've got this external drive that's just toast. It's bricked, you know. It doesn't work. I can't get access to it. But on the other hand, it's got all this data on it. So what's the best way to deal with this? I mean, do I take a sledgehammer to it before I try to recycle it? Or uh, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about yeah, that? You know, I, I use, um, remember those bulk tape erasers from back in the from back in the day when reel-to-reel and cassette tape was a big deal? Uh, um uh, I have one of those, yeah. and I will use that sometimes to to erase um, a a hard drive um, before I before I recycle it. But 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 a sledgehammer works just fine. Or, <laughs> or um, a lot of places where like uh, offices where they have hundreds of hard drives, they take a um, a drill a drill bit and drill a hole through the plate. Oh yeah, that's good. That kind of uh, there you go. that's that, that might be less violent. It's less violent. Yes, yeah. it's more surgical than the sledgehammer. <laughs> 
That's, um, a, that's a great and there, are, and there are places I can find online that will recycle old electronic stuff like that. Um, oh, you can. I mean, the the Albion Dump has a uh, recycling electronics recycling uh, shed, and uh, I imagine Casper probably does too. I mean, locally you can you can dump electronics at places like that. Sure. Yeah, the Ukiah Transfer Station has electronics recycling. You can just drop yeah. stuff off there for no charge. Yeah, I think the Boonville Dump does too. Okay, well, um, I got to run. I'll let somebody else get on. Um, and also about the whole issue about uh, the. That woman that was trying to connect her devices to iCloud, isn't there some kind of thing you have to turn on about sharing on one device or another? Like you have to opt in to sharing stuff with the cloud. Isn't there a, a, a yeah, thing yes. you have to? Yes, that's definitely. Maybe that might be her problem. That's definitely true. Know. You can tell your iOS devices not to connect to iCloud, not to upload all the photos, but just to keep them on the local device. The problem is that uh, it's hard to keep stuff in sync that way, and it's kind of... But I just mean mean for her to solve her problem, maybe there's something that's turned off that should be turned on. (laughs) I don't know. It's just just a thought. Yeah, that could be. That'd be something she'd have to check out. Hey, thanks, Jamie. Have a good show tonight. You'll be on in in five minutes. Radiogram with Jamie Roberts is is up next after this. Uh, edition yeah. Of Point Clip. By the way, um, if the other, earlier caller is listening who forgot her um, iCloud password, it's the same as your Apple ID password, and Apple has uh, really good, clear instructions on their support.apple.com uh, website how to change your Apple ID password on whatever Apple device you have, and it'll work across all devices. So um, it looks like it's really easy to um, change your uh, Apple I, uh, Apple password on a, a smartphone because um, you don't have to remember your earlier password. You just have to, uh, you know, type in your code or whatever it is, I think, to uh, to get in to do that. Yeah, but, uh, nice. Once you change that Apple ID password, you should be able to uh, log into iCloud on all your devices. And we got another call. Let's. You want to go for it, Jim? Shall we uh, try our last if caller? If it's a quick one. Hi, caller. Hello. You're on the air. Um, I'm, I'm the one that's calling about the iCloud. And uh, I did try the password that is my Apple ID and rejected it. I wonder if it's the wrong one. No, because I use it, you know... All the time, and it's always the same. It's been the same for years. They ask you for a, a um, an email with the suffix iCloud.com. Not necessarily. You can get Do you an Apple. Using that at all? Um, you can get an Apple ID now with any email that you want to use. Uh, it used, okay, it, I, I have that. I have both of those. Yeah. But, but um, I would go to the website and see if you can log into your Apple account on the website using the password that you think is the correct password. And if it works on the Apple uh, account website, uh, it should be good for all your devices then. But you may have to log out of iCloud and then log back in again. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Well, I'll try that. The app, and so, you're, so you're recommending that I go to the Apple on the uh, laptop Yes. To the apple.com? Yes, and uh, look for login account. To, to your Apple account, yeah. Okay. And okay, try, I'm pretty sure that'll work because it works right now on all the other um, things, but the iCloud. 
But the, why, but the the other thing we mentioned thanks. earlier that Jim said was make sure you're logging into the same iCloud account on all right. on all devices because you can have multiple iCloud accounts log in with one of your Apple IDs and log into a different a Apple iCloud account that uses a different password. Uh, you know. Well, I've only ever had one. Okay. So I think that I'm okay on that. All right. Line. Well, give okay, it a, give it a try. Thanks. Yeah, that's a uh, boy juggling all those passwords. I've never have you ever tried one of those password managers? It's like a big wallet for all your passwords. Yeah, Toby is a big fan of um, LastPass. Okay, LastPass. And I've heard of that. I have to admit, I'm. We we should. We'll 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 do a, another tip of the week for uh, for about it. Um, I have it installed, and I've never. I have to admit, I've never kind of really put the time and energy into kind of saying, "Okay, my life is going to be controlled by LastPass." <laughs> it's going to be my wallet for my passwords. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. It's one of those things that requires that degree of like kind of mindset shift. Like, okay, this is how I'm going to do it. This is going to be a little bit painful at first because I'm going to have to change some passwords around, and I'm going to have to make sure I have it installed on all my different devices, um, and. That can be just enough of a barrier to keep me from doing it. And then you have to remember what that what that darn master password is. You really have the, to remember that master password because if you don't, you are you are out of luck. You they are, will not help you. You are hosed if that happens. Yes. And you know, a lot of the operating systems now have nice built in password management features. Yeah. Um, that don't completely obviate the need for those kinds of tools, but they really go a long way toward obviating them. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Well, we got a caller, but I'm afraid we're out of time. But we'll be back in two weeks. Call us yeah. again in two weeks. Thanks to Toby Molina for the um, point-and-click research desk. A wonderful report on those environmental apps. I got to try those. I got to try Carrot Weather and see what that's all about. And I, I, I'm definitely going to get the breathable because I, I like to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> breathing is breathing is a good thing. Breathing's a good thing. Yeah. Okay, Jim. Thanks a lot. Okay, Bob. We'll see you in two weeks. A pleasure. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Good night. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willetson Dukaya 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.